brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 27. Mitch, do we have an addition for you this time? No. I oh. said I was going to do it and I didn't because I got busy doing other things. Um, so who do you have? Uh, I don't know. Anders Lee, the best power forward in the game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, I don't pay attention to numbers. I really don't. If you wrote out the Islanders roster in terms of numbers right now, I could probably pick out 90% of them as I see them on the paper and I have time to think about it. But if you just tell me to write it down, I'm going to struggle hard. I, I, I really will. Like, I'll, I'm going to go, Cal Clutterbuck. Oh, God. I know this. I know. Th- oh, 15. Yeah. Okay. Um, Thomas Grice. Oh, God. Oh, God. And it'll take me a bit to get to number one. I just... I don't have a thing for player numbers. I, I just, I can't, I can't hold it in. I don't know why. It's just not something that I pay attention to. You know why? Why? Because what's on the front is a hell of a lot more important than what's on the back. There you go. Save That's for the why. people in the back row. There you go. So I, let's do the introductions because I always like jump down your throat and you're like, well, I don't know what edition this is. I have no idea. <laughs> I get on, the, on my get off my lawn rant. Yeah. I'm too old for this. <laughs> so I'm Matt O'Leary the young millennial of the two, and he's Mitch Anderson. And we got a lot of talk about this week, Mitch. Yes, we do, thankfully. Although some of it isn't all super positive, but we're definitely going to get into some trades, I think, because I think there's something called an NHL trade deadline coming up on Monday, I think. Yeah, in just a handful of days, so I'm sure it's going to be very hectic. But let's start with the last three games. Two good, one not so good. Mitch, what are your biggest takeaways let's start there um that two shutouts in a row obviously couldn't be sustained right right like we, we were all thinking that the goalies were now going to be the end-all be-all super goalies we we were hoping i mean not hoping but they were never going to be this good this was they were just too good now they'd gotten to a point that they were too good um we knew that that, that would come crashing down and sure enough that's exactly what happened with minnesota I didn't think that Halak played a bad game against Minnesota, though. Well, they they essentially lost the game at the end. I'm not going to blame Halak for the game, but that third period, come on. Come on. No, it wasn't. Listen, it wasn't a good game by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, But I do agree with you by saying that it wasn't sustainable because they faced, what, 100 shots or just about 100 shots in the two shutouts? It was 95, I believe. Yeah, 45 from Carolina and 50 from the Rangers. Right. So, obviously, you, when you face 50 shots, you're not supposed to stop all of them. Mm-hmm. So, um, I had no issue, I guess, I, you could say, with Halak's performance. I wasn't expecting him to throw another 
to throw. I'm, I'm in baseball mode. To have another, <laughs> I was going to say to throw another shutout, but to have another shutout. Um, I I, I really saw. I'm not going to necessarily say that I saw this uh, shutout coming against the Rangers, but I think you had to know they were going to win just because of how good they've matched up against the Rangers since pretty much 2014. Right. Yeah. For sure. Um. Yeah, I, and especially that the Rangers are in full-on, I'm not going to say tank mode, but full-on we-don't-care mode, and the Islanders are full-on we-care or we-want-it-care. Um, so just that dynamic in self, itself in terms of narratives on the season, you would expect the Islanders to win that game. Now, win it handedly 3 to nothing, and even, I, I shouldn't say they didn't win it handily because they still got outshot, right? Like 50 to whatever it was. Yeah, that's it. Just based off that, they didn't deserve to win it. No, uh, it's not like they played outstanding in either of those two games. Like you still saw the same flaws that were presented, and when they struggled so mightily and dropped to the bottom of the division. Uh, but I think it just so worked out that the offense did what it normally does, and then mm-hmm. you got two really good performances. The best performance from Halak this year and the best performance from Grice this year. Yeah, that's true. Um, they just so happened to be on, I guess, on back-to-back nights. Um, so on, on, on the goalies, because we, we've, we've given them a lot of slack, or a lot of flack, maybe not a lot of slack, but um, at the start of the year when they were bad, Admittedly so. And they've, they've started to bounce back. How are you feeling about the goalies now? D- does this change your approach when we get to our later segment about the, uh, the trade deadline? Does their play now change your approach to what you do with them in a couple of days? Or at the end of the season even? No, I don't think so. I don't think you could focus on this small of a sample size. I think you have to look at the entire season and decide. And like right now... I don't think it's that crazy to think that the Islanders might think about buying out Thomas Grice after this year. Uh, yeah, maybe. I guess it's not crazy, but uh, that's that's quite the 180. Although, to be fair, Garth did sign a guy free, did sign a free agent, and then waived him like a month later. So, you know, whatever things happen, I guess. Yeah, PA Parento. Exactly. Um, I wanted to. We we struggled. To, to get this going, but I wanted to play a clip of, of the, the LMFAO track Shots, if you're not aware of it. As a millennial, a millennial you, I imagine you are. Can you sing it? Since it's uh, not I don't playing. know it, <clears throat> but it goes something like, Shots, 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 Shots. That's my best impression. And then they go, I, Everybody! everybody. Little, we need Little John just hanging around so that every time we say that, we can just have him go like, Everybody! Uh, that's a terrible Little John impression. <laughs> but... <clears throat> Somewhere, somehow, my pim cup is not doing it, is crying tears of grief. Um, but they're giving up a ton of shots, except for this game against Minnesota, where they gave up, what was it, 32? 32 shots on goal for the Minnesota Wild. That's unheard of for the Islanders. It's still above their average of 31.6, is it, per game? I'm going to say I'm going to bring it up as as we we, we go through this. You're just throwing I'm, out numbers. I'm just going to shake my head and agree with you because that that <laughs> sounds about right. Maybe I would that have thought it would right. be higher. It's either 31.6 or 32.6. Uh, I, I'm I'm might be getting that a little wrong. Uh, come on, NHL. There you go. Shots against per game. 
or the shots for shots against. There it is. Sorry, thirty six point one. Way off. Yeah, I was gonna say. Way off. I was like, yeah, that seems a little. Seems I a little had low. my one and my six flipped. So see numbers. I kind of can remember them, but not really, even when they're important. But so they they had an under average, right? They let they let in or sorry, let in. They had thirty two shots laid against them against the Wild, and that's well above their average. That's a good sign. But they still lost the game five three. For correction, it's going to be a correction episode here. Not a bad third period, a bad a bad second, second. period. Why can't I talk tonight? My God, bad. Who am I? I don't know. I was going to say, with your whole number struggling thing, maybe you're dyslexic. I might be. I, I think that's a serious thing happening with me, or, or that exists that I, I've never had diagnosed from a child. No, like, I'm not even, that's not even like a joke. I'm, I'm just like, maybe that's it. I think that's, that's absolutely true. My wife is probably like somewhere shaking her head going like, yes, he spoke about he's probably dyslexic. Yeah, that's definitely a thing. Because I screw that up all the time. I'll read something and go, what did I just read? That doesn't make any sense. And my wife will read it over going, no, the words here absolutely make a whole lot of sense. You're just not reading it right. And sure enough, it's because of some potential dyslexia. So thank you for the self the, the diagnosis. The Islanders podcast and a doctor <laughs> podcast as well. I'll just diagnose anything. Perfect. Um, can you diagnose the Islanders? Have they fixed their problem? Have they not? No, of course not. They haven't fixed their problems. It's the same roster. It's just the same thing over and over. You just got the two good performances. Like I said, they're well, your two where, outliers. Well, that's where I'm going is that not necessarily just the two good performances and they got the shutouts, but they also let in, or not again, they didn't let in. They had 32 shots against. That's well below their average. Is that something that has changed? Has there been a systematic change? Because defensively, Maybe they're letting in more shots, again, not in, but they're letting shots hit the goalie more frequently, but maybe they're less, they're, they're lower danger shots. And now that they found out how to limit those against the Minnesota Wild, do you think that there's a systematic change defensively with the team? I think it could be a possibility. Again, I'm going to go back to this phrase. I don't think there's a big enough sample size yet to see Fair if enough. it's... Come back in in an episode or two, and I might be able to give you an answer. Yeah, I, I'm of the same mind that the sample size is too little for us to actually say definitively yay or nay that the Islanders' defensive woes are gone. Uh, I think that would be far too premature with just three games um, when there's a whole, what, 60-some games before that to prove otherwise. Yeah. So I don't, I don't think the defense has shown up. I was just trying to see if I can get you on that, but I clearly did not. No, you didn't sell me on the defense showing up. Uh, I still think that defense is a need, which I'm sure we're going to get to in the long topic. Yes. Yes, we will. Okay, uh, moving on to our second short topic of the evening. John Tavares has hit the 600-point mark. Yay! No? No celebrations? So that that was going to be my question to you. Should we celebrate that? I want to in a way. Why not? 600 points? That's a big deal. That's a lot of points. Like He's 6th all-time in the Islanders scoring right now with 601. He's going to catch Brent Sutter by the end of the season. That's going to happen. He's 9 points away from tying him. So he's going to be, by the end of the season, 5th. And if he has like an outstanding end of the year, he well, no, he couldn't. He can't catch, catch Clark Gillies this year. That's not going to happen because he's another... 62 points away from Gillies. 
<laughs> for fourth all time. So he's he's sixty two points away from him now. That's right. So if he stays, he hits then, him next year for sure. So he goes into top four. That's right. Next year. He can hit top four next year. How far away is three? Uh, quite a while away. That's that's pot van ten fifty two. Okay, he's got a way to go. But four is a realistic expect expectation. Again, assuming he he signs, and I think that yes. gets us to the broader point here is that he's hit <laughs> six hundred. Is that the last milestone we see from John Tavares in an Islanders outfit? <laughs> I can't believe you said Islanders outfit. Huh? <laughs> what? Isn't it an pretty- outfit? He's got the pants and the matching socks. That's an outfit. <laughs> is the, Mitch, is this the last we've seen in John Tavares in an Islanders costume? <laughs> <laughs> he sounded like such a like a like a girl or anyone who just like knows nothing about hockey. Just like any person who does nothing about. Oh yeah, like they're, I like them because their costumes are blue and orange. That's I like what that just them reminded because me because their socks are blue and orange. I like them because their sweater is blue and orange. Sweater is the right word. It used to be a sweater. It is the right word. I'm sorry. That just just, threw, what was the question? Is, <laughs> oh, this, is, this the is this the last milestone we see John Tavares wearing a New York Islanders jersey? No, I don't think so. I don't think so either. So so I guess the, the, the point that I'm trying to make here or that we're trying to get out is that does he leave as a free agent? Does he stay? He stays. Yeah, I I, th- I think so, too. Now, that doesn't mean that he's not going to go to free agency. Um, we've said it for a while now. I don't understand that the, the, these people now coming out like, oh, he's going to test the free uh, free agency. Oh, what a novel. Th-. Yeah, we knew that the second that the arena was was done and he didn't sign within a day or two. We figured he was going to free agency. And, and people before that were even saying he's going to free agency regardless, regardless. Regardless of the of, of the arena, so like this isn't a novel idea that John Tavares is going to test free agency. Uh, it's just finally starting to sink in with a lot of Islanders fans, um, which is 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 a terrible thought, mind you. Like, how do you feel about him having every team in the NHL court him for a full week? Uh, I don't, I don't like that idea because basically GMs who are a lot smarter than Garth Snow are going to have the opportunity to talk to him, <laughs> and yeah. I would like him to sign the contract. By only have, having spoke to Garth Snow, no other GM. Yeah, so he he doesn't see the barometer of of, of knowledge out there that he's not getting. Like he sits down and, and talks with David Poyle. I'm worried. No, I I want him to only be thinking about summer in the Hamptons and all Long Island stuff, and no no, no selling on anything. Canada, sorry, Toronto or Montreal. Like I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to get to that po- that point yet. No disrespect, so, Mitch. But. He's only allowed to speak with uh, Jim Benning. Uh, who's worse than than? Although Jim Benning got an extension, um, Pierre Dorion for Ottawa. Um, who else is worse than Gar Snow? Peter Chiarelli. Chiarelli. Yeah, he can talk to him all he wants, uh, and that's really about it. That's not that's good. About it. That, that, that doesn't say much for our GM. What's your name, like two or three guys? Three out of 31, and he's one of the, you know, a fourth that could be named to that list of probably not the smartest. Although, like, I, I can hear an argument that Gar Snow is, isn't as bad as his record shows. Um, in terms of, like, trades, like, it, 
we're going to put out a piece later on this week of, of the, like the worst trades in Islanders history. And it's hard to find one of Garth Snow's on there. Although I guess you can say the Vinick one was pretty bad um, mm-hmm. because of what he got back. But like, that's it. And, and the, the rest of it is, is, is pretty good. Now it's not to say that that means he's a good GM. It's just, it's hard to pick that apart. At least he has made some trades, I think is what you're going for, right? And good ones, right? Especially recently, like the Laletti trade, the Boychuk trade, and a lot of people say, well, that's circumstance. Well, it still takes someone to, um, what's the word I want to use? Take advantage of the circumstance in front of them. The Eberle trade, the Barzal trade, or the Barzal slash Beauvillier trade, because he essentially got them both in that. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's huge. That That's... That shows intelligence, at least at a certain level. Now, is that sustainable through like his drafting or his roster construction? That's another debate. We, we can, we can, I think we can all agree that he's not necessarily successful there. Um, but to bring it back, like the point we're trying to make is that does John Tavares stay? And I think we both agree. Well, I don't think I know. We both agree that he's staying. Yes. Perfect. I can't think about John Tavares on another team. Yeah. And I, I, some people say, like, you're not being realistic. I, sure, fine. Uh, but I think the realism here is that he's going to speak to other teams, but that he knows what he's going to get here. And I think that's worth a lot more than whatever other teams can pitch him. Yeah, definitely. All right, want to move on to one of our favorites on the show? Yeah. Okay. So, a personal friend of the show, Josh Hosang. <laughs> he just doesn't know it yet. He doesn't know it yet. Uh, he was playing on the fourth line in Bridgeport the other day. Mitch, how do we feel about this? Uh, he's got to learn how to check somewhere, right? No. Right? No? No. no? no, no, he doesn't. That was me being facetious. He doesn't need to learn that. How about you? Like, I'm usually the more measured one, but when it comes to Josh Hosang, sorry, I'm not the most measured when it comes to Joshua saying you are nowhere near measured because these usually set you off. So how are you feeling on the like barometer of troubled 10 being incredibly troubled? I and was one being cool as a cucumber. I was hashtag mad online about this. Yeah. I was mad online about this. So let me, I, I, I just going to pose my anger in a passive aggressive question to you. Okay. okay. <laughs> how does playing, with Connor Jones make Josh Hosang a better player at the NHL level? I'm just surprised you asked that in a very calm and deliberate and like no intonation, man. Like I thought that was surprising. I thought you were going to yell that question out at me. No. Um, it doesn't teach him anything. It doesn't. No. Or maybe it does. It teaches him to be responsible with the puck. It teach. But it also takes him away. Like I'm assuming he got less ice time as well. I'm assuming he got fourth line minutes, and he wasn't just making a cameo on the fourth line. Um, so I I don't know what he's going to learn there. Is it another one of those he learns the lesson by by doing it the hard way, or, or he's going to learn those hard lessons? I think he's already learned them, and and, and if he hasn't, he's not going to learn them now. No. Absolutely not. And you know, and the listener knows, how much I believe that Joshua Sang should be at the NHL level right now. But mm-hmm. if you are going to have him in the AHL, why wouldn't you put him with Michael Dalcole to hope I, that you they build chemistry together 
and then move up to the next level. Because he's the only other forward that really has a chance on being an impact player on this Islanders team, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I, I It has to be. Like, maybe we, we need to bring Michael Fornabio on and just, like, deep dive on Hosang and what's going on. Because clearly, we, we don't watch um, the Bridgeport games. We just see what, what's happening and... and we get word of what has transpired, just like everybody else does. Uh, aside from the people who actually watch the Bridgeport games, um, I can't imagine he's playing fourth line and top line, and he's playing with Del Cole, or he's playing some combination of that. I, I would imagine when he's playing fourth line, he's playing strictly on that fourth line. And what is he gaining? What is is Brent Thompson hoping to instill upon him? I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. If the argument is responsibility, you can learn that elsewhere. To me, that sounds like bad coaching. At at this point, like I understand that you can you can play that card a few times. You can play that card once and get a player to to react the way you want him to at least once when you pull that move. But you can't keep pulling that move, the scratch, the sending down, and putting on the fourth line and teaching the hard lesson. At a certain point, that's not going to resonate anymore. You have to do something else, or you give up entirely and you trade him. Right. Or wouldn't you think that as the Islanders, as an organization, wouldn't you want to put him in the best position possible to succeed? Right, and, and, and that's the worrying sign is that I feel that this is what they believe that is. They believe that playing him in this role is the best possible thing for his development. Obviously, or else they wouldn't do it. I, I just can't stand the people who defend this. And there's a lot of them online. Yeah. Like, again, I understand the strategy, but at this point in his tenure as an Islander, I don't understand, or as an Islander, in the Islanders organization, I don't understand the strategy. Because, again, you can do this once, maybe twice, of playing that hard lesson. But the more you keep doing it, the less success it's going to have. He's not a stallion that you can break. That's not what he is. No. That's not the player he is. He's, he's trying to do his thing, and it's not working for you? Fine. You know what? Cut your losses. Because it's been two, three years since he was drafted? Oh, five, right? So it's time to move on. Or let him develop the way he's supposed to develop. And uh, clearly, I, I'm not a player developer because I, I don't I, – that is not my current employment. Um, it just – it doesn't seem to make sense. It doesn't compute with what he is, what we've seen him do, and what he's being asked to do now. It doesn't make any sense. No. And can we save the Brent Thompson's running a good program down there, please? He's 24-20-5. This is not yeah. the best team in the AHL, so can we give that argument a rest too? And like I, – I, uh, it's not to say he's a bad coach. He's a, he's a perfectly fine coach. But in terms of developing players, if you look at the Islanders roster, maybe defenseman, maybe he's got something there. But in terms of forward, the, the, the players that we have right now as forwards that are you know, recent, recent additions didn't necessarily play um, in the AHL, right? Barzal didn't play in the AHL. Bo didn't play in the AHL. Nope. So who's left? Casey? Sure. Okay. So he he can he can really coach defensive minded players. Great. That's great. But at a certain point, the roster doesn't need that. No, and especially right. the the comments that he had earlier this year about Hosang. Right. The baby well, comments. 
To be fair, if if context is to be believed, he meant baby in terms of his age, not in terms of his demeanor, which the writer, I forget what his name is, um, anyways, for uh, for Newsday, not Newsday, New York Post, um, knew that all along and didn't write that out. I'm 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 still kind of mad about that. Going like you you knew what you were sitting on, and you wrote it in such a way um, to kind of clickbait it up. And and it's not that I'm calling him clickbait. We're all clickbait. Everyone who writes something online is clickbait. You're you're drafting your title to bring in and entice as many people as you want. But I think he was being at least a little deliberate in not revealing that immediately because it seemed to be like, oh no, that that should have been clear. No, no, it was not clear that he was calling him a baby because of his age. The way it was written, he was calling him a baby because everyone, everyone thought that until it was cleared up. This is true. So we get on that writer too. <laughs> yeah, but he corrected himself. So like I, I give him credit. He came out and he, and, he, and he cleared the air and everyone's like, oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. But, you know, I'm still kind of mad about that. I'll get over it eventually. Do you think we see Hosang at the NHL level this year? No, not Me at neither. all. Me not neither. Me neither. Unless catastrophic injuries to the top six. Which that would be like worst case scenario. We don't. Yeah, absolutely. Like Jordan Eberle has gone for the rest of the season because he broke a leg or something. Yeah, I think I tend to agree with you there, which is probably a sad testament. but It's very sad. Nonetheless, all right, let's move on to the big story of the week, the one that everyone's going to want to talk about, the trade deadline just days away. I'm nervous, Mitch. I am extremely nervous. And it's only we're recording this on Wednesday night, so it's what, five days away? That's right, yep. Still nervous. Uh, what are you nervous about? Um, I'm just nervous that nothing's going to happen, which would be really bad. I... <laughs> Yeah. I don't think it, I in my heart of hearts I don't think Garth makes a move. But you you wrote a piece knowing like writing exactly that, looking back at his trade deadlines and seeing that he doesn't really do much. So why are you nervous and why are you nervous with that kind of information at your hand? Is it because you desperately want him to make a move and you don't think he will because of that information you've got or like what's making you so nervous? Well, I think the Islanders desperately need to make a move and I think based on past history that they won't make a move. No, well, that that's just it. They, history tells you they won't, unless they're sellers, right? The last time they made a big move was in, was it 06 when they got Ryan Smith? I may have got my year wrong, but it was around then, 05, 06, when e- they made the trade for Ryan Smith. That, that's yeah, their last... Yeah, so about a decade ago. Yeah, that's well, their last big acquisition. Um, in terms of selling off, we all know about the Thomas Vanek trade. Yeah. Um, but even then, that's 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 one. He's not. I'm going to sell everything off. Although he did sell Matt Molson that year, so Matt Molson and Thomas Vanek in a single year, you know. Um, but is he going to do something? That, I feel like he will. I feel like he's going to do something this 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 trade deadline. Uh, maybe not at the trade deadline, but maybe before. Convince me. Well, okay, it's not going to be very convincing. I just feel he will. Uh, why? Because he desperately needs to do something. Calvin DeHaan isn't coming back. He's not. Um, if he can find the right defenseman with term, he can do it. Um, 
But it, it calls back to something one of our writers just wrote today is that the Islanders need a strategy. And we don't necessarily know if the Islanders are going into this trade deadline as buyers or if they're going in as sellers. As in, where do they see themselves going forward? Do they, do they make that playoff push? Or do they look ahead and go like, we could make it, but even if we get something at the trade deadline, it's not going to turn us into contenders. It's just not. Um, so do we look forward to the future? Uh, and if so, maybe I don't get rid of my two potential lottery picks in the first round. Yeah. That, I think that's a fair take. I definitely think that's a fair take. Uh, and that's part of the reason why I don't think they make a move. I think Garth values those picks almost so, too much. Yeah, because they could be, like I just said, potential lottery picks. Right? Calgary's not in a playoff position. The Islanders aren't in a playoff position. So that's two shots at getting Dallin, essentially. Not good odds because they're both just barely not making the playoffs. But still... You know, 1% chance is better than a 0% chance. This is true. Math podcast, too. Yeah, there you go. Numbers. Um, I just... I, I want him to do something because I, I don't want that defeatist attitude. Um, but it calls not Where do I want to go with this? I wonder how fearful he is for his job. Obviously, we have those billboards coming up, and I, we could we can talk about that after after the long topic. Um, if he's scared to lose his job, which he's held on for almost twelve years now, going on twelve years, um, he'll make a move because he's got to make that playoffs. He's got to think that if I don't make the playoffs, I'm fired. Um, he'll eventually find another job because GMs tend tend to like that that pool of GMs doesn't tend to change. But if he's just so secure in his job where he's just going to go, I've fire me, go for it, I dare you, um, then he's going to sit on his laurels and do nothing. He really will. So I, I'm thinking that if Ledecky doesn't give him an ultimatum, he's not doing nothing. Yeah. Um, you would think that he'd be on the hot seat just based on... Off a lot of things, really, but like the ownership's feelings, uh, and especially listening to the to the fans as much as as they claim they do. Um, but I still, I to me, you didn't sell me. Sorry, but yeah, I don't but think I, it, I wasn't a convincing case. I, I realized I was selling myself on your view uh, halfway through it. Yeah. Uh, so I think we both agree that they should do something, but. Will they actually do it? I think is another story, and I'm leaning towards no. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning towards. I I just feel that they will. I just I can't convince myself that they can. And I think that's the, that's the strife that everyone's feeling is that we know they they should and we know they need to, um, but will they actually do it? Probably not. Because what are they going to sell aside from those first round picks? Or what are they going to use to buy? Sorry, for those first round picks. Sorry, geez, I can't talk today. What are they going to use to buy other than those first-round picks? There we go. Like, they're not going to use roster players because they need those roster players to get to the playoffs, aside from Chimera. But no one's buying Chimera. No one's buying... Well, they might buy Brock Nelson, but at this rate, they kind of need him. So without the first-round picks, what what do they really have? Second-round picks? Well, that's not going to get you a whole lot. 
prospects. Sure, but then then who? Dal Cole, it, it, baby. Yeah, who's who's going to buy a Dal Cole? He's a former top five pick. Former, sure, but unless you're Peter Chiarelli, former doesn't really mean anything. He's played two NHL games. There's there's nothing. The jury's still out on him. Uh, I Come think on, you've Mitch. Made a, we know that power forwards take. 25 oh, years to develop. Oh my God. I know you're being facetious right now, but. <laughs> oh. I just triggered Mitch so bad. <laughs> I hate, I hate that argument. He's big, so he's going to take a while. Okay, let's look at the data. Oh, wait, the data recently shows that big players don't take that long if they're good. Top 10 players that are 6'3 and over generally play in the league almost immediately. Yeah, you would think. Or at least a year. And it's, it's not about size. It's not. It's about skill. So if he doesn't have the skill, he's not making it. And it's not to say that he's never going to make it. It's just it's not working for where, where he is right now. No. He needs to go. But, like, no one's going to give you top. No one's going to give you f- his value when he was drafted in, in what year was it, 2014? Yep. No one's going to give you that value but Peter Shirelli. And I think he's done trading with the Islanders. Probably. You're probably right with that. I can't see him getting fleeced for another time. Like, that's exactly what he did with Griffin Reinhardt, right? Oh, he was a top five? Perfect. I will give you top five price. Well, turns out he wasn't top five. Okay. What about, like, a Mitch Vandesample? Sure, I guess. Is he going to return you a lot? It could if you do a first-round pick. Brock Nelson. But again, remember we said we're not we're not moving roster players. Oh, okay, you're not moving roster players. You're not moving or... roster players because you need them. So you're, you're diluting your roster to bring what in. Like how much are you lo- how much are you gaining? Um, and you're not moving those first round picks. So what are you actually moving aside from second rounds and potentially prospects? And you're not moving Bellows. You're not moving Taves. So then what are you really moving? Vandesopel, great, and a second, sure. What is that going to get you? But maybe a rental. And he's not moving for rentals. I disagree with you on the roster player. I think you can move Brock Nelson and be just fine. Okay. Okay. Sure. I I, I don't do, doubt you. I just I don't think that he sees it that way. You move Boa to the third line center, call up Hosang, cooking right along. Yeah. Well, let's get you in that chair, my, my friend, because I don't see it happening. I would way. do a hell of a lot better job than Garth Snow, and you know that, bitch. <laughs> I want to see you do it. Even just be GM for a day and see the changes you make. There'd be a lot of changes. There'd be a lot of changes. It'd be a busy day. <laughs> it would be a busy day. I'd be executive of the year just from that one day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mitch, you want to play some prop bets for the trade deadline? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So for those who don't know what a prop bet is, it's basically, what's the best way to describe it? Like a side bet almost? Yeah, yeah exactly. All right. So do you have? So like, Do you have one? Yes, I do have some. All right, let's see. Let's hear yours first. Um, so one of Matt Molson, uh, sorry, Matt Martin, uh, Kyle Poser. God, I can't talk tonight. Matt Martin, Kyle Poso, or Franz Nielsen gets traded at the trade deadline. Okay, one of the three gets traded. That's a prop bet. Okay, I'll take that uh, bet. Yeah. Oh, God, that. what kind of odds do I have to give on that, though? Um, you seem too keen. So I'm going to give you, like, 
Minus 150? Is that too low? I don't know. Doesn't matter. You're buying anyways, so who yeah, cares? I'll do it. Um, how long does this team remain active? I, as in, so like, usually you'll, you'll hear during the trade deadline, oh, we just got word that the New York Islanders are done for the day. How long until that happens? So the trade deadline goes until 3 p.m. If I give you over under 1 p.m. I'll take the over. You think they go past 1 p.m. before they say they're done? Yeah. Okay. Um, I wrote down here, will Garth Snow call a radio station to say he won't make a trade? Um, but that kind of plays into the other one. How about we just call Garth Station makes an appearance on the radio? No. No? Okay. Okay. I don't Do you th- have any prop bets for me? Yes. Okay. Okay. The I'm going to do an over under yeah. on how many players uh reporters say Garth Snow is kicking the tires on. Oh, wow, okay. I'm going to set the over under at hmm two and a half. Two and a half. I'm going to say under. Under. Mm. And this is only on trade deadline day? On trade deadline day. Okay. Yeah, definitely under. Okay. I think I would take the under there too, but I think two and a half is a pretty good number. I think so. I think because two is easy. Robin Leonard already, he's already been linked to him. Um, Eric Carlson, for some reason, they've been linked to, although I don't quite believe it. Um, so there's already two and there, there's so many players available. Like, I, sure. It could easily be three. It could easily be four, but I, I just think it'll be two. No one thinks of the Islanders when they're writing these tweets. So this is, this is very true for me because I'm going to be at work. I got to pay attention to the Twitter timeline. So I'm not oh. fooled by these stupid gosh, darn fake accounts or I, old tweets from like th- four years ago. I think you got duped last year, buddy. I did. I did. So this year, not once will I be duped. That's my goal. Remember, look for the blue check mark and check <laughs> yeah, the I date. Know. Yeah, I have to check the date, check the check mark. I should know these things, but it's when it comes to trade deadline day. I'm so, I'm so excited that I just kind of go, uh, and then I don't realize until after, and I go, oh, God, really? A lot of deleting happens on trade deadline day for me. This year, no deleting, unless it's a typo. Okay, sidebar, side yeah. bet, side prop oh, no. bet even. Okay. Over, under, three and a half tweets Mitch has to delete on <laughs> trade deadline day. Well, I'm clearly taking the under because I'm going to back the myself. Okay. I'm taking the over. That's a lot. That's a lot to delete, to, to, uh, to delete my friend. Four to delete, that's, that's even excessive for me. I think you get duped on two and you have two spelling errors tweeting out really quick. Okay, okay, fair enough. Uh, I I don't think I have a single one. I don't think I make any blemishes on. It's going to be a perfect day for me. Perfect. Right. And I have to at least tweet once or twice, right? Like I can't just like stay away from Twitter. Clearly, no, you can't just avoid. You got to do Twitter like you would any other day. Perfect. Okay, fair enough. Uh, let's see what else. Okay, this is more of a yes or no. It's not really like an over under or anything like that. Okay. Josh Hosang's name gets mentioned on deadline day. Mm. 
Yeah. But it's it's too easy. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it does. I'd be surprised if he doesn't. I don't think he gets traded, but I think his no, name no. gets brought up. Yeah, definitely. Like, oh, the Islanders have these prospects, like Josh was saying. Done. There's the bet. Yeah. So. Um, hmm. Do I have any more that I can give you guys? Um, nope, that's it. That's all I'm coming up with. I got I got one last one. Oh, okay. And we can maybe t- elaborate on this subject. At least give it a, a good minute or two. How many times do... Oh, so over under on the billboards coming up during trade deadline when talking about the Islanders. Uh, and I'm going to set it at two and a half. Oh, I'm ha- hammering the over. Hammer the over? Okay. So with, with that being said, I want to get your quick thoughts on the billboards. Just okay. a quick, like, how do you feel? Don't go too far into it. Love it. I think I the fans have every, every right to do it. I think it sends a strong message to ownership that people really care about this team, and they've had enough. Yeah. Uh, I disagree on the strong um, message. I completely agree that they can do whatever the heck they want with the money they have. I don't understand why people are complaining. Oh, you could have put this on charity. Yeah, I guess we could have. We could put all their money towards charity, but we don't. So anyways, they they could do what they want. Fully back it. I don't think it's going to send a very strong message. Um, It's sending a message, and that's good. That's a good thing. Like Fans are getting their voices out and voices at least seen and heard. Like John Ledecky knows that this, this, this is going up. Uh, so he knows about it. All, that that's mission accomplished already, right before it even goes up. Right. So, I, and I think that's all that really matters. As long as they they, they go and they, they realize their success is going to be um, minimal in terms of actually getting any kind of movement, and that the success is really just having their voices heard, uh, then then I think they can they can feel that they they've done something. And I hope that that's what they take out of it, and not that come the end of the year or come next year when Garstow is still in the position, that they don't go, oh, that was for nothing. No, no. They've heard your message already before it even goes up. You've succeeded. Yeah, I think the fact that they raised over two grand in an hour kind of shows a lot. Indicates a lot. That's right. right. That's all I wanted to say on the billboard. Fair enough. Or Uh, billboards. Yeah, we're getting two. So that should be. It. I want to take a picture in front of it. Really? I feel like that'd be a cool <laughs> Twitter picture. this moment in time. Yeah. Fair enough. I, I definitely want to. I want to go. And do Will you that do a thumbs up. up or just like stand there? Nah, arms arms folded. I think. Nice. Trying to look like tough guy look. Play it cool. Yeah. Uh, let's see. So that's that's it on the long topic. You want to get into a quick social segment? Yeah, let's do it up. I got a few here. All right. Why don't you start? So I got uh, at the Chris McNally saying, I think the way the Isles-Oilers trades have worked out in the past, Garza just focused on turning Nelson Hickey into Dreisaitl Nurse. Uh, <laughs> yeah, completely agree, and I think you should do that. Thank you, at the Chris McNally. And uh, at Isles fan in MTL, so another Canadian person here, uh, can someone monitor Long Island real estate agencies? We need to know if JT puts his house up for sale. We tracked a plane, so this should be easy. So to all those Isles fans slash real estate agents, get to work. Right. Absolutely. Uh, I like those two. Those are good. 
Did you see this one? This is not from an Islanders fan, but it's from someone who is in the media and has a connection to a former Islander. Okay. Okay. Maybe not. I don't think so. Okay. So Jcast2712 tweets at Boomer Esiason saying, Rumor has it, Matty Ice is coming back to the Islanders. Talk to me, Boomer. And Boomer quotes the tweet and goes, Can't confirm nor deny the rumor with like that embarrassed Weird emoji face, yeah. Yeah, like the shocked or like embarrassed one. I don't know what you would call it. But like bulging eyes and embarrassing kind of look. Right. I don't know. I don't take anything out of that. I think Boomer is just being Boomer there. You don't take anything out of it? Nothing. You know his daughter is Oh, oh, I understand the connection. I understand the connection there. I'm just... I don't, I don't think there's anything to it. Oh, it, it got me. I was like, oh, yep, he's coming back. I texted my friend. <laughs> to be fair, like you're already sitting on the edge and waiting for like confirmation. Yeah, I, I don't think it would necessarily be a smart move, but that's something I could totally see happening. <laughs> yeah. He hasn't played in a month in Toronto. He's been scratched 13 straight games, Mitch. He, he's yeah. going to want out, and where else would he go than back to where he's comfortable? It'd be nice, but the Islanders already have a cheaper version of him. Unless the Leafs are ready to to hold salary, we have a cheaper, potentially more efficient version of him. So, sorry. This should have happened a few weeks ago. What if they ate enough salary to where he went back to his cap hit of $1 million, like the last time he was here? Sure. I can't say I wouldn't want Matt Martin on the team. I would love to see him again. Does it make sense for the team? Not really. They already got a guy in there that's working. Why bring him in? Why why address that need that they don't net, that they don't even have? That should be the last of their their, their worries. Because he's good in the room. Is that a problem that they're having right now? <laughs> I don't know. Like I I get it, and I and I love all the narrative reasons behind it, and I, I I would love to see him back again. It just doesn't make any sense in terms of what the Islanders need to actually win on the ice. It does yeah. it doesn't make any sense. And I think we have to agree with that one there. But so that that's why I look at the, at that boomer quote and I go, eh, yeah, he he he's playing the the role of like I don't know because there's nothing really happening, but like maybe well, why not? But it, it's there's nothing there. He's just doing his best to kind of like play along with everyone. I think. Well, it worked. Yeah, I know clearly. All right, uh, that was my one that I was bringing to the table. So I don't know if you had anything else you wanted to talk about on this episode today, Mitch. I had one last one. It's a quote from Ali Vino about uh, Ryan O'Gara, okay. who they just acquired from the Boston Bruins. Is that he's got one major flaw, according to Vino. He's Which a big is? Islanders fan growing up. Ah, uh, okay. I like this guy. So that's a problem, apparently. It's yeah. a problem for them. Not it's a problem, problem for them. I hope he just infiltrates and, like, every now and again, he, like, puts a little Islanders pennant or four Islanders pennants around everyone's lockers. Or he could be, like, our insider spy and just, like, be our anonymous source on the inside. Yeah. Every time he walks into the locker room, whoa, that John Tavares, what a beast. He's so good. He's going to kill us. Oh, Josh Bailey, man, assist king over there. 
And everyone just like slowly, it just becomes fact in everyone's mind. And it, it, that, that wears the Rangers logo as he's playing with them. And then it just slowly erodes any and all confidence they have so that whenever we walk into Madison Square Garden or they come to the, I guess, potentially Coliseum or the Barclays Center, um, they're already, they've already lost the game. I don't even know if they have to do that just based off in the last like three years. That's I was pretty dominant. That's true. That's true. We don't need an inside man. Ogara, stand down. Don't worry about it. We don't need you anymore, bud. You're good. Your services aren't required. Uh, that That's all I had. All right. So I just want to remind you guys to always go to the website for all Islanders content. We have news, opinions, editorials, fun trade ideas, pretty much anything your little heart can desire. Give us a like on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash eyes on aisles. Shoot us a follow on Twitter. We do game day gifts and commentary at Eyes on Isles FS. My personal Twitter is at Matt O'Leary NY. Mitch's is at TLO Mitch. Mitch, another episode in the books, my friend. Hopefully next week we have something positive to talk about with the deadline just passed. Yes, hopefully. Oh my God, please. Maybe they'll, they'll get someone who's going to wear number 28 and then I won't have to think about it. It'll be right there in my frontal cortex. Just remember remember City USA right there for me. Oh my God. Why am I blanking out? Who wore 28? Zilitsky was 28, I think. Sure. I I believe you. Could be. I could be completely wrong, but... Well, 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 I'll hear all about it on Twitter and why I'm a disappointment to everyone because I don't remember numbers. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. I'll, I'll try to do better, but like it, 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 it just doesn't stick in my head. Numbers and name pronunciation are not your strong suits. Apparently not. <laughs> Apparently not. All right, you've been listening to another edition of the Eyes on Isles podcast. Mitch, I'll see you next week. Bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.